Um, now, next week we have a visiting speaker, a guy called, uh, a chap called Pete Reed. Some of you know Pete, he's spoken here on a few occasions. He goes down really well. And uh, just to say that I'm sure you'd enjoy uh, listening to him uh, next week if you were able to join us. Uh, fantastic. So this morning there's a particular um, topic, theme that I'd like to speak about at the start of this particular new year. And it's relevant for any time of the year, but uh, it's simply entitled, Check Your Messages. I'm not saying now. Please don't do that now. I'm not saying to do that now. I just remember realized what I just said. So not saying that now. So please don't do it. And if you're doing it, stop. I'm looking. I can see. You'll be on camera. No, you won't. We can read your... We can zoom in. And see. Now, that would be scary, wouldn't it? Now, for the start of 2024, I wasn't here last week, so by the way, Happy New Year, if uh, I've not seen you. I'm sure that you're aiming to be maybe fitter, lighter, brighter, those you students, richer, happier, all of the above. And um, it's interesting to start New Year, our hopes arise, which is really good. And as we were praying before the meeting, you know, our hopes arise not because it's a change of year, because God is our Heavenly Father. That's why we live in incredible hope, which is fantastic. But fitness seems to be one of those things. So last week, the uh, park run at uh, Cannon Hill Park, uh, it's a five-kilometer run. Normally, there's 200 people there. Last Saturday, apparently, there was 800 people there. And if I'd have been there, there'd have been 801. I wasn't there. But a lot of people were. So a lot of people want to get into fitness. Uh, I have to say, I have been using the gym in January quite a bit. It's in, I know, I know. It's interesting that a few of our church now go to the same gym as me. Which is good that they're trying to get fitter, but, it, but I find it difficult, particularly when I'm walking from sauna to steam room and stuff, because I kind of find it harder to hold my stomach in for five minutes while I'm talking to them. <laughs> It's just the hardest thing. You know, each year passes and it just gets harder to hold this thing in. But I am working on it. I am working on it. Um, as you can see, I am growing. I am growing in many, many different ways. Now, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, it says this, Physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Holding promises for both the present life and the life to come. So spiritual growth affects the whole of our lives when other areas of growth just affect one or two. And I'm sure there's many ways that uh, God wants us to grow, uh, many ways he wants to bless us and to use us this year, pretty much like what Chris was talking about. And over these next two months at Encounter Church on a Sunday morning, we're going to be looking at seven of our kind of hallmarks, if you like, seven of the things that we greatly value as a church. It's not that other churches don't value them. It's not as if we don't value other things as well. But seven things that we particularly do value. And the first one this morning is entitled, Check Your Messages. Now, I wonder if you could guess how often during the day the average person checks the messages on their phone. Well, the average, I did the research, people check their messages on average 58 times a day. Now, 52% of those are to do with work, and the other 48 to do with other things. And data shows that half of all screen time sessions 
begin, so when you check your messages, on average, you do it three minutes after the last time that you did it. Now, when I say check your messages, people are scrolling for a long time. So sometimes there's only a gap of about three minutes. But how often do we, uh, you know, through our daily life, say, Lord, or at this time, what is it you're trying to say to me? What is it that you want me to hear at this this time, within this particular season? I remember telling you that I went to a a conference once. It was when I worked for Youth of Christ. There was a lot of New Year conferences. And I remember going to one. And it was for 48 hours. And uh, he's an evangelist. And uh, the speaker was a guy called Jim Graham. And he had this soft Scottish accent. And it it was easy to nod off because it was just so lovely to listen to. But um, at the start of these 48 hours... We were there with anticipation of what God is going to do with this conference. And he starts and he says this. He asks three questions. When did God last speak to you? What did he say? And what have you done about it? And then he was going to go on to, into the first session. And I was thinking, no, I'll stop, stop, hold it, hold it, hold it. Stop there, please. I was happy. I would have been happy to go and spend 48 hours just reflecting on those three questions. When did God last speak? What did he say? And possibly more important, what have you done about it? It would be sad in life, wouldn't it, if the people that we really loved, we didn't hear from very often. That would be a real shame. But as a friend of mine says, that Christianity is the ultimate relationship with the ultimate person. And we can hear from him. And back at Pentecost, right at the start of the church, God makes this incredible promise through the Apostle Peter that God will speak to his people. He makes this, he just kind of nails this truth that God will speak to his people. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, and I'll read these couple of verses to you, they might come up on the screen, but Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18 it says, In the last days, God says, and this is Peter speaking on the day of Pentecost, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those, in those days, and they will prophesy. Now, of course, Peter is recording a prophecy from the Old Testament that this is what will happen in the last days. We're in the last days, that God's people will hear his voice. Now, that's why I'm talking about this, because this is one of the hallmarks, really, of Encounter Church, that we would hear God speak, that we would encounter him in such a way, at times, that we'd have a sense of what he is saying to us as individuals. Now, some of you are probably thinking, oh, it would be easy if God just sent me some texts. It would be a lot easier to hear God if he just texted me. And um, having said that, I know that you don't always get my text. So, <laughs> But I'm sure that you'd read his. But God doesn't want to text us because God's plan for us is to be spiritually alive to him. To open up a whole new dimension of life and relationship 
And in John chapter 10, where, where Jesus says, I've come that you might have life in all its fullness. He goes on to say, my sheep will hear my voice. My sheep will hear my voice. Now in Galatians chapter 22, uh, 5, sorry, verse 22, we become familiar with is what is termed the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The character of God, the presence of God, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, just a reflection of who God is, and that we can encounter through the Holy Spirit and reflect who God is to other people. Then in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And some of those are things like speaking in tongues, prophecy, praying for sick people, seeing them to get well, a gift of faith, words of wisdom and knowledge, discernment of spirits. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are there as kind of resources and tools in order that we will be even more effective as we serve the living God. So they're gifts, they're tools. God wants to equip us to make a difference. He doesn't send us out on our own. He says, I won't leave you as orphans. And he gives us the Holy Spirit, and he equips us in order to be more effective for him. And I believe, as a church, as a Pentecostal church, we believe that the fruit of the Spirit are available for us all, to us all, and we believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are available to us all, for us all. And we believe that's a scriptural uh, mandate from God, that all these things are available to us. God has given everything we need for life and for godliness. So this is available to us. And the Apostle Peter uh, at Pentecost um, picks up on prophecy. It's interesting when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit that the Apostle Paul also picks up on prophecy specifically. So let me read one or two verses to back that up. So in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, Uh, The Apostle Paul says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather have you prophesy. He also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, Follow the ways of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And then in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 14, he goes on to say, Because everyone who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So God wants us to speak to us, to pass on things that he's saying in order to build up the body of Christ. We need building up. We need building up on a daily basis. We need building up on a weekly basis, on an annual basis. We need building up. Now, for those of you who are parents, you probably noticed that children at a younger and younger age demand having their own mobile phone. I don't know how old you were when you asked for a mobile phone. For me, it was kind of, yes, late on. But kids are younger and younger. I mean, everybody seems to have one nowadays. It seems as if you need one nowadays. But imagine if all of us as God's children, we asked him if we could receive the gift of prophecy. Imagine if we all asked our Heavenly Father, for that particular gift. To hear from him in order to build up others. Peter, when he prophesied, he said, this is for the young, 
for the old, for male, female. But you get the impression as you read about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's something where God just wants us to ask. He wants us to want these things. So when children say, well, all my friends have got one, a mobile phone. Wouldn't it be great if we asked for the gifts of prophecy because we're thinking everybody's doing it. Lord, equip us, use us within this. Follow the way of love and eagerly, eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. And that's the important thing here. It is a gift. You don't, you don't come to God like people at Christmas go and sit on Santa's knee and ask for something and Santa says, have you been good? God doesn't ask that question. It is a gift that he wants us to have. Now, we can be put off or confused a little bit by thinking that we've got to be like an Old Testament prophet, uh, where we don't really. We don't have to kind of use, you know, don't get confused with that. But there is the position of prophecy. There is levels of prophecy. So go through three of them that are quite clear in Scripture. So there is the office of the, the prophet. And there are some people even today that just have a sense of what God is saying to about the big picture, about the big things, about the big challenges, what it says to nations, what it says to churches, what it says to denominations. And um, sometimes we have a visit from David and Greta Peters. Some of you will be familiar with them from New Zealand. And they've got the office of a prophet. And it's a great blessing when they come to a church and just share what they sense God is saying. And I'm delighted to say they're coming back in May uh, to be with us on the 11th and 12th of May so please book that in your diary that weekend will be a great weekend so there's the office of the prophet and then there's the prophetic ministry that some people just have this sense that that's an anointing on them that um, they they share a lot of what God is saying they have this ministry of prophecy that tends to go alongside other ministries as well and that's a wonderful gift and God blesses the body of Christ through them but then there's the gift of prophecy which is a church we believe is for all of us. Gift of prophecy for all of us, not just a few people. So whereas we can all love, we can all pray, we can all serve, we can all witness, we can all give, we believe as a church that we can all receive the gift of prophesy, prophecy and to prophesy. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, all flesh, and they will prophesy. One of the great church leaders of the uh, last 50 years is a guy called John Wimber. And he's at the forefront of all the vineyard churches. He's, he's not alive now. and God's really used him around the world, particularly the Western world. And when it comes to the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gift of prophecy, he had this phrase, and I hope you don't think it's too irreverent, but he says, we can all play. We can all play. This is for us all. We can all be involved in these things that God wants to do through his people we can all play and the churches the vineyard churches that's the philosophy that they all get involved they can all play and in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 26 the apostle Paul backs this up he says when you come together everybody can bring a hymn now we're not asking you to pick the worship songs by the way we're not asking everybody to pick the worship songs but he says everybody can bring a hymn or a word of instruction a revelation a tongue or interpretation i.e. something from God, for the strengthening of the church. You know, God could decide to use any one of us. Have you ever thought of that? That it could be 
it could be you. I remember sharing um, that I went to a conference in Birmingham many years ago, even though I lived in the Northeast, and there's 600 church leaders there. And somebody gave a message in tongues, and there's 600 leaders who... Now you think, oh, it's a bit intimidating to get on the platform and to share something. Leaders love it. Leaders, you can't get the microphone off them. And, but it wasn't one of the leaders that came up to the front with the interpretation. It was the person on the welcome team that wasn't even a pastor. So God can use any one of us. Now, when it comes to sharing, it's a little bit more simple than sometimes we think that it's going to be. Is it a case of God speaking to us audibly? I've never heard God speak to me audibly. Some people have. I've never heard God speak to me audibly, but I know times when he has spoken to me. And sometimes when people come and share at the front, they just come and share a few verses that they just think that God is wanting to pinpoint and lay on our hearts during our worship. And it's been great when people have had the courage to do that. They've been worshipping. And maybe these two or three verses have been so familiar to them, you just think, oh, God wants to bless the whole church with these two or three verses at this moment in time. And it's a blessing, isn't it, when that happens. We love it when that happens. Sometimes it's more of a picture. People, you know, somebody's worshipping and they just have this picture in their minds that God is showing them wants to communicate to the rest of the congregation that God wants to just emphasize a truth or a message to us through it I mean God is creative isn't he which is wonderful sometimes it's just a strong thought or impression that somebody has I just feel that God is saying this that you know I just feel this overwhelming sense of peace and God wants to release his peace I remember Angie coming once and just talking about joy he was just impressed on her that God wants you to release joy amongst people where they've been downtrodden and sometimes it's a strong impression that God gives and sometimes it's just something else that God places on our hearts now I just love the fact that in this room now and with the children out there was before they went out there's probably 150 or so now there's probably about 100 in here but I just love the fact that during our worship God can we can God will engage each of us individually. Do you know what I mean? He can kind of bless us in a hundred different ways to a hundred different people. But I also love it when, you know, somebody comes up and shares just, just a sense of what God is saying to us corporately. Together to bless us that we can all take hold of, maybe join up the dots, but then God wants to bless us as individuals. It's wonderful when that happens particularly in the context of worship. He just kind of gives us this sense of what he's doing, what he's saying to us. Now, Sean Bolshin is God, God's secret. talks about prophecy and words of knowledge. says this, when, when this happens, it brings us by de- direct verbal communication into God's contact, sorry, into contact with God's real perspective and purpose. It, it's, it's a sense of what God is doing at that moment in time. Now, God won't, like I said, it, sometimes we think we compare ourselves to the Old Testament or some amazing ways that God is going to speak to us. But I think it's really helpful. Um, from, is it 1 Kings where it talks about how God spoke to Elijah through this still, small voice. Just a still, small voice. You know, Elijah really needed God to speak to him. And it says that there was this incredible wind that even... Uh, divided a mountain, this wind, but it says that God was not in the wind. 
Then there was this earthquake, and, it's, and God says, you know, God was not in the earthquake. And then there was this raging fire, but God was not in the fire. God wasn't looking to do something dramatic. And then it says, with a gentle whisper, with a gentle whisper, God communicates to Elijah. And it will be for you. If God speaks to us, it will be most often this gentle whisper where you're thinking, oh, was that you, Lord? This gentle whisper. Now, when we come to share words on a Sunday morning and we, we want to encourage it, we really do want to encourage it. For obvious reasons, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians gives some wisdom because they weren't expressing too much wisdom when it came to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But he gives them some wisdom. He says, uh, first, he says three or four at most. So it's not as if we kind of give the whole meeting over to this. But it's great when there's just one or two or, yeah, just brilliant. And he's, the other one, he's, he goes on, and I'm not kind of recording how he says it very well, but he says, don't use too many words. Don't be long-winded. Keep it concise. Keep it to the point. We don't want any frustrated preachers as such, but just keep it short. It doesn't need to be long. We tend to invite people who are a regular part of Encounter Church to come and share with us. So if you're a regular part of Encounter Church or a member, then this is very much open to you. And we ask people to come and share with whoever is hosting. So this morning, while the worship was on, you felt that God wanted us to, a couple of verses or something to share, then you'd be very welcome to come and share it with Emily. And she would kind of think, um, okay, this is one, what you want to share. We'll do this at the right time and in the the right way so but that's what we think is a good way of doing it rather than running to the front and asking Isaac to stop the song that he's playing please don't do that please don't do that even if it's not a song that you want to sing please don't do that it's not a word from the Lord you stopping Isaac from leading that particular song (laughs) but it's just a a wise way to do it and in 1 Corinthians Paul talks about doing it in an orderly and a wise way and um, we're really open for people to come and say, you know, I think God wants us to hear, hear this. Now, what is great is it's, it's not just for us that go to church. It's not just for us who are part of the church. Because in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul also goes on to say, um, when people are prophesying or sharing what they think that God is saying, or words of knowledge or words of wisdom, it says that if an unbeliever comes in whilst people are prophesying, they might fall down and worship and say, God is really among you. And that is one of the signs. And it was great this morning. There was times in our worship where, certainly when it went still, there was a great sense of God's presence. There definitely was. And the Apostle Paul says that when people come in and words are given, then people think, wow, that's amazing. God is really amongst you. I remember uh, a number of years ago when... um, in one of the churches I was belonged to, we had a youth service in the evening. We asked the pastor of the church where we could just give it, you know, have youth services regularly. And he says, yes, so young people started to come in. Um, and I remember one particular service. I just had this during the worship. I just had this picture within my spirit or whatever uh, you'd call it of somebody buying a pair of black boots. And you might think, well, that's quite a strange one. What are you going to do that? But I just had this sense that this is what God, you know, gave me this picture. So towards the end of worship, I did. I, I, I stood up and asked the person who was hosting, I said, I've just got this picture 
of somebody buying this pair of black boots. And these black boots were very clear. And I stood up and just said, there's somebody here, and I picture you buying these black boots. You've tried a few on, you've picked your boots. This is what they look like. God wants you to know that he's aware of you. And you might think, well, what do you do with that? I didn't know what to do with that. But interestingly enough, halfway through the worship, a group of girls had come in and sat on the back row. And they didn't engage in the worship. They weren't disruptive particularly, but they weren't engaging with the worship. And when I stood up and talked these black boots and described them, all these girls in this row pointed to one girl and said, they're your boots. You have just bought those boots. And they didn't know what to do, but God wanted them to know, wanted her to know that he was aware of her. Now, it doesn't always happen like that. But wouldn't it be great if we had a sense of what God is saying and it builds up the body? And even people who don't normally go to church think, wow, God is, God is aware of some stuff. But it's not just on Sunday mornings. There's probably other settings that it's easier to step out and to share words. Uh, That's why connect groups are very important to us because it gives us the opportunity in a smaller setting just to share. And sometimes it's a little bit easier to do that, isn't it? And it's, you know, times when we do have sharing times in our connect groups and people can say, oh, I just, this blessed me this week. It doesn't even always have to be, oh, God is saying this. I just, God's blessed me this week. Found this encouraging. When we had a prayer meeting this morning, Belle shared a, where's Belle gone? There's Belle. 97 days before you get married? 97 days before Belle gets married. <laughs> and um, Belle just shares this verse that blessed her this morning. It was, I think it was just great for our time of prayer. And in connect groups, small groups, they're easier to do. And in our Unite prayer meeting, we encourage people to share as well. These are great opportunities to pray, to watch and pray. God, what are you saying to us as we're praying today? But it's also good when we pray for other people. Sometimes we pray for other people to get well or for their circumstances. But it's also good, I think, as we pray, to pray for what they've asked us to pray for, but also to say, is there a word of encouragement that you want me to give this individual? Now, we can't just make things up because we think this is what they want to hear. But it can be a blessing to have a sense of what God is saying as a word of encouragement. And I've been blessed when people have done that with me. They've wanted to pray for me before I've spoken and just say, I just feel that God wants to say this to you or God wants to say that to you. And it's not as if we always got to do it, but when we pray for people, it's good to say, God, is there a word of encouragement here that you want me to give this particular person? And uh, it can greatly bless them. Now, like I said, it's very important that we don't just say what we think people want to hear. It's also important we don't kind of tell the person what we think they ought to hear. We can do that, can't we? Oh, I know what they need. I know what they need to hear. But the good thing in the Old Testament, there's a great verse where it says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. As far as the heaven is above the earth are your thoughts and my thoughts, your ways from my ways. And that's one of the ways that we can be confident that God is speaking. We think, well, I certainly wasn't thinking that. This is, I think, from the Lord. Lord, I think this is your thoughts in this situation. I want to bless this particular in, in person. 
Somebody says this, prophecy will not leave the church or the person feeling confused, degraded or condemned. Prophecy is a wonderful part of the healing and renewing process. It's there and given to bless. And the good thing that God gives great wisdom to go alongside as well. How to give words and also how to receive words as well. So let me just make a quick mention about receiving words personally. Because some of you might think, oh, I'm not too sure that I want someone to pray for me and say, oh, this is what I think that God is saying. But receiving words personally is also quite important. They're wonderful, but receiving them is, you know, how we receive them is really good. Because if somebody shares a word with us, it's not as if that's the whole job done. It's not complete. Because if somebody shares a word with us, particularly if it's kind of directional or saying, I think God is saying you should do this, we need to say, Lord, is this you? It's important to say, Lord, is this you? So if you, you know, came to me at the end of service and told me to go and live in, I don't know, I have to be careful, I can't mention the nationality, can I? Because they're all represented here. Go and live in Wales. <laughs> that far-off missionary land. Then I'd say, Lord, is this something that I feel that you have been saying to me? And therefore, I think this is right. Or if I'd not been thinking of going to live in Wales, although my wife has been thinking that, so... Now, don't all come up to me at the end of the service and say, I think God is saying you should go and live in Wales. <laughs> 50 confirmations won't do. I need more than that. But sometimes it's a case of, okay, I'm going to wait to see if God confirms that in other different ways. So we receive the words that God gives us through other people with wisdom. We either confirm something or we wait for confirmation. There's a great verse in the Bible which says, the righteous do nothing in haste. We don't just rush into something. We just say, God, just give us a sense of what you are saying. But we also need to learn to recognize God's voice for ourselves. My sheep hear my voice. And the primary way that God will speak to us and confirm things to us is when we read scripture. That is the primary way that God will speak to us. That's very important. But prophecy brings great blessing as we grow in love, expectation, and wisdom. Everyone who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouragement, and their comfort. At the start of 2024, let me say this. However long you've been a Christian, God has got much more for you. God has got much more for you. God has got much more for me. I've been in ministry for... Anyway... I have not seen it all. I have not received it all. God has got so much more for me. And often it begins with desire. Often it begins with desire. That God lays desires on our hearts because he wants us to take hold of things. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to be thirsty for certain things. And to come to him, desire is so important. The first time I heard somebody prophesy, I I do remember saying, God, I want to do that. I want to do that. And I'm sure there's times when God is waiting for us to say, God, I want to do that. I want to play. I want to be involved. I know that you've got more for me. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. I'm going to invite the band up to 
join me. We've got a few moments left before. Um, so it'd be good to just pray into this briefly and, and to worship for a few moments. And there's a lot to reflect on. So if this, this morning you think, well, this is just kind of out there, that's fine. That, just, just, just park it for the moment. That's absolutely fine. For some, you think, no, I think God is speaking to me this morning or encouraging me, inspiring me or challenging me, then that's fine. And God will join up the dots if we ask him to do that. But I'm just going to invite us just to bow our heads for a moment. And there's one of a couple of things that I'm going to pray into. We're not going to rush But in a sense, we're going to check our message. We're going to say, God, are you speaking to me here? What is it that you are trying to say? Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And maybe this morning you're saying, Lord, I I would like you to use me. I, I would like to build up the body of Christ. I would like to be released in the gift of prophecy. Lord, I really would increasingly like to have a sense of when you're speaking to me. For some, it would be a case of God has used you at times with this particular gift. And you're saying, God, just help me to stir this up. I'm thirsty, Lord, for this to be stirred up, to go on to a new level, to be sharpened in you. But just as your eyes are closed and heads bowed, also just one other thing. There's a verse in James that says this, James 4, verse 15. He says, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there, make money. While you do not even know what will happen tomorrow, instead you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. And I just had the sense this morning that God was saying for some that you've got some plans in your mind. But just the sense that for some, God is saying, are you going to hand that over to me? Are you going to hand that over to me? Are you going to primarily look for my will or for your plans? Now, I did have a sense this morning, and I'll finish talking in a moment, that just had this picture of people who wanted to hear God more clearly. Just had a picture of people just putting their hand over their, one of those ears and just as a symbol to say, God, I want to hear you more clearly, not just for myself, but to bless the body of Christ. And if this is on your heart this morning, this might be a tough thing to do. Uh, I'm just going to invite you to... Stand to your feet and I'm going to pray. You're saying, God, I really want to be released in this gift of the Holy Spirit to bless the body of Christ and to speak for you more to bless people. Why don't you stand to your feet? There's a sign saying, God, I'm going to, I really want this. I really want this. This is something that you've laid on my heart. I realize it's a gift. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty, Lord. God doesn't tease us. He doesn't offer us something to put a thirst in our heart and say, you can't have it. He doesn't do that. 
He doesn't do that. He puts the desire in our hearts because he wants us to come to him. For And if you're thirsty this morning, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. If you're thirsty, come to me and drink. So if it's to do with listening this morning, why don't you put your hand over just over one of your ears if it's to do with knowing God's will, why don't you put your hand on your heart as a symbol saying, God, I want to know your will. And for some, it's, I want to hear your voice. Lord, we do thank you that you're here by your Spirit, Lord. And we simply say, come Holy Spirit afresh. A fresh wave of your Holy Spirit. We pray for a fresh wave of your Holy Spirit, Lord. A fresh wave that you would stir up those things that you want to stir up, Lord. Within our hearts and within our lives, Lord, you stir up those things that you want to stir up. Lord, I thank you that you don't come making us feel guilty about what we've not done, but you're just saying, I want to bless you. Every good and perfect gift comes from our Father from above. Lord, we pray that you'd release those desires of our hearts now in the name of Jesus. That you'd release those desires in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would stir up those gifts that you place within our lives, Lord God, to serve you. Stir that up, Lord. Stir that up, Lord. Stir that up, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that there will be a faith and a confidence that we have received and a faith and a confidence, Lord, to step out when you are speaking to us. Lord, we do pray that for greater clarity of knowing when you are speaking. Greater confidence to step up and to say, to test it, Lord. Help us to be bold and courageous to step out and take hold of what you have for us to bless other people. Lord, and for those, Lord, saying, Lord, I want to hear your voice Lord, you treat us all individually. Help, you said your sheep will hear your voice. We want to hear your voice, Lord. Release that. Release that. Over this year, Lord, pray, Lord, by the end of this year, everybody standing, Lord, will say, God, you answered my prayer here. You answered my prayer. We pray for that release. And Lord, I pray for those who are saying, Lord, I've got something in mind, but I want to know your will. We do pray for that clarity and that willingness to say, God, your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done in my life as ordained in heaven. Lord, we thank you for your blessing. We receive, we receive, we receive. We know that we have received. We thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So why don't we all stand? The band's going to lead us in a couple of songs to draw our service to the end. Uh, Thanks, Isaac.